Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, welcome, everyone. Mark and Jess here. Hey. And we have Adam with us. Adam is our Central Ministry Leader of Young Adult Ministry. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they tell me. Okay. That's a long title. <laughs> that's Thanks. <great. laughs> but more importantly, you also gave a fantastic message this past mm, Sunday. Yes. Adam, Thanks. thank you. Yeah, of course. You know, I always love to visit Menlo Church when I'm in town <laughs> from my latest tour. I like to make a stop and it's good to be back with you guys. <laughs> Is that a world tour? Uh, no, it's actually just a very specific... Uh, part of the Bay Area tour. <laughs> From Sunnyvale to Menlo Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a one-stop tour. It's <laughs> Menlo Church and back to my house. <laughs> Great. Well, it sounded like you had a lot of fun during this message as we're mm-hmm. in our Around the Table series. You talked a bit about food, and I actually had a food question I'd love to Ooh. start oh, please, this off. please, please, please. You've told me, told me about the term Oklahoma sushi. Yes. Of course. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. Uh, well, one of our Menlo Church elders has actually made this specific dish. I got to eat it you as well because I was right, there. At our Mountain View campus yeah. years ago. So it is actually a, I think it's my my wife, Lori, her mom has created it, or at least she found it out, but it is, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. Uh, so it is a dill, dill pickle. I can't even say it without using an Oklahoma accent. Deal pickle. Please continue with the whole <laughs> rest of this podcast in an Oklahoma accent. It's a cut dill pickle with a layer of cream cheese and a layer of dried beef around it. Now, it sounds horrible. Our family loves it, but it is in the shape of sushi. And so years ago, we just I had the joke of like, oh, it's like Oklahoma sushi, and it just stuck. So I will say it was actually good. I Thank think you. the the turnoff is dried beef. <laughs> yeah, dried beef. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a turnoff, but it's delicious. Mm. I did not put it in the Lent devotional. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm sure everyone is really disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do have a recipe in there, though, right? I do. I do. Yes, Which it's one. Is one that? It's one that I grabbed from my <laughs> wife's recipe oh my book the day it was due for the Lent devotional. Super excited about it. <laughs> It's a great resource, by the way. I hope your boss is listening right now. <laughs> Me too. Me <laughs> yeah, too. it is a great resource. If you haven't checked it out, yes. make sure you do that. It totally Check is. out the recipes and all the fun activities to do as well. Totally. totally. Well, Adam, if we, since you're here with us, we'd mm-hmm. love to, to pick your brain a little bit about your message. And we'd love to ask you a few questions. I guess the first one would be, what are some of your ideas that you had as you're pre- preparing for this message that didn't quite make the cut? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so this message, I was really, really enjoying it. Uh, the big idea that I sort of ask people is, do you lose your hunger out of love for another? And uh, really went the the route of uh, uh, the hunger that we should have to see people know Jesus, right? And I think I hit on this a little bit. Uh, but if I had more time, I would have talked more about appetites. I, I briefly touched on it of like how we are in a culture of self-indulgence and not just physical hunger, but all of our appetites that we have. And I would have loved to linger on that a little more. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, we live in, in this culture where like tonight I can DoorDash 
one of like 30 restaurants close to me. That's am- that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we don't think about that a lot. Yeah. I mean, you have to pay a crazy amount of money, but still, it's at your door, food that keeps us living, right? That you ordered through your internet through phone, our phone. Through a satellite. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. And this, I mean, this is classic like dad, old guy thing, but occasionally I'll tell my kids, I'll be like, uh, did you guys know <laughs> I'd have to save up money? To buy an entire album of music and they're listening to Spotify and they're, it doesn't compute to them. They're like, no, you get music whenever you want to listen to music yeah. at any time. Uh, so obviously there's so many great things about that. I, I, I see the benefits. Uh, I, I feel like it helps under-resourced uh, areas of our world. Like we're getting better. We're getting, uh, we can connect with somebody overseas just like this. You know, it's amazing. But... I just wonder how much harder it is for us to live uh, healthy spiritual lives, to be formed spiritually when every single appetite we have, we can get Mm -hmm. instantly. And even this story about Jesus begins uh, because there is a woman who is thirsty and Jesus himself is hungry, the disciples are hungry. So we start by a place of emptiness. And mm. Jesus sort of builds his uh, teaching off that. So I would have loved to just linger a little more on that uh, of, of how we all can almost, this isn't true for all of us, I, I know, but many of us listening can get pretty much anything we want mm-hmm. instantly, uh, even if that's just entertainment, uh, like inter- uh, on our phones or Netflix or whatever. And how does this affect us when we almost have no hunger? Is that your phone? <laughs> that was, that was also Siri instantaneous had a lot at your phone. Yeah, your feed totally. is Siri to Speaking respond of, to you. Uh, perfect timing. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, one thought. Bring it. So you said that we'll start from a place of hunger, a place of emptiness. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's more true then or same true now? Because you, I think one could argue that we're completely full now, at least in the sense of mm-hmm. our needs are all met as co- compared to maybe back then. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's any of the same or different? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, and I, I touched on this briefly in the message. The need is the same for sure, and I, I think we could all speak from a place of, uh, uh, we're all young millennials here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us, Adam. <laughs> Our young millennials here, all three of us. (laughs) But we know, like ourselves and our friends, are dealing with all kinds of hungers and needs now. Like I I work with young adults. I know the loneliness or depression, anxiety that's prevalent now. I think the difference in what I would love to reflect on more and more is uh, the, the physical hunger is what causes us to feel like uh, or, or be aware of our need, right? So, uh, you know, many of us have visited a foreign uh, country to go on a mission trip. And what what usually happens is we meet people that have a more simple life, less stuff. And I hear this all the time. So it will come back and someone will say, oh, they were happier than mm-hmm. us, right? And sometimes, and I feel this myself, sometimes when I take a day of solitude, it's in my my emptiness of all this other stuff that I become more aware of the presence of God. Mm. So I don't uh, I don't think we actually need God less or have less hunger, but we can distract ourselves more. Mm. It's like, if I can entertain myself yeah. constantly, I'm not even going to be thinking. Right. Like, I'll have a deep emptiness and despair in my heart, which many do, uh, but I just won't be thinking about it because it's like, well, I'll just DoorDash some nachos and that'll make me feel better or I'll mm. numb myself with some, some other drink or food, right? Mm-hmm. So... 
I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it, absolutely. It, it kind of reminds me of a story in C.S. Lewis in um, the Screwtape Letters hmm. where they're talking about that same thing from the perspective of, of a devil. Like mm-hmm. if the main character is distracted, don't add to their lives. Let them continue to live a That's distracted right. life. Yes. And the devil has done his job. Very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think too, like, you know, if you know anything about the Enneagram, mm-hmm. I'm a seven and we're very much about positive experiences mm-hmm. and joy. And so when there's anything negative around, it's it's like, I'd rather not think about that. And I'd rather just mm-hmm. numb myself with like, yeah, totally. you know, Netflix eating, whatever. Yes. And so I think it's a very similar mm-hmm aspect there of like and I think of myself too like it's so easy for me to just be busy and go about my day and then be like oh yeah I totally forgot to think about God today or like wow this everything really sucks right now and I haven't even like prayed about it and given it to God and I think it's it totally is like everything is at our fingertips and there's so many things that we can do to cover that up or ignore it or push it down or whatever totally well I I totally agree with you and I I th- I'm really excited how we've gone about this Lent series. We're doing it a little different, but typically with Lent, that's part of the beauty. And we, many of us are still doing this even amidst this series is that's what fasting mm-hmm. does for us, right? Is we fast from things that we would typically run to in order to remind us of our need for God, whether that's a f- food uh, or that's entertainment or whatever it is. Yeah. Hmm. So as you were preparing for this message, was there anything that you kind of wrestled with um, or anything that like kind of hit you? Like I hear a lot of preachers say like, of course, God always makes me preach on the things that I'm like dealing with Mm. myself or something comes up and I realize it. Is there anything like that um, or just Mm -hmm. anything in general that that you had to kind of like, yeah, wrestle with? Yes. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Yeah. So you could say that this this sermon was about evangelism, that you could wrap it up with that. I I probably personally wouldn't, but that's sort of the crux of what I was trying to communicate is this, this hunger, uh, that we, we should have for others Mm -hmm. and the need for them to find Jesus. That's what Jesus was talking about is he did. He said, I don't need to eat right now. My food is to do the work and will of of God, which is like inviting the, the, the lost. And so, man, I have such a, uh, a tenuous relationship with evangelism. Hmm. Uh, I, I grew up about as evan- evangelical as you can get. Uh, when I was in college, I was a part of this very evangelical ministry where I would go and just share about Jesus all the time, like mm-hmm. people on the beach, strangers, people in the dorms, cafeteria. So I've got a lot of experience of trying to tell people about Jesus, which is both good, but I also have a lot of baggage with it. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of us in this day and age, it's not, uh, I think anyone listening won't be surprised. Uh, there, this Even this term, evangelical, has mm-hmm. become a little hard for people to uh, deal with in our, in our culture. So many uh, people forcing their faith or not mm-hmm. living out their faith. And so, yes, I when I even think of the, the term evangelical, evangelism or <laughs> I think of like you need to go tell people about Jesus I, I'm like mm, I don't know about that <laughs> so I wrestle with a lot but you can't read the New Testament without understanding the pr- priority and necessity of like mm-hmm. this is a message that needs to be shared um, that's sort of the good news concept so what what I tried to say in the message I don't know if I did it well but uh, I don't think 
old school evangelism tactics often work. They're rarely effective. Uh, I even have a professor even giving me some stats recently of like personal evangelism where you're just trying to convince someone to come to Jesus is is just very rarely effective. Mm. The most effective way is to invite someone, though, Mm. into a community that is loving, Hmm. a community of Jesus followers. And and over time, they start adopting the culture and they're like, man, these people are, there's something different here. I could really get behind this. And over time, they're like, yes, I want to be a part of this discipleship community. So that's that's sort of how I framed it, uh, a little bit more of like inviting to the table. And we see that with Samaritan woman, right? Is like she didn't have a lot of the theological tools to try to convince the the town. Like she didn't know much about Jesus. She just met him. But she just goes to those people and she says, come and see this man. And I mm-hmm. think that helps take some of that off of me of like, it's not about me going randomly around streets, street corners and saying, uh, you know, here's the gospel, choose to believe it right now. It's more me living a life of love and every person I meet having this posture of openness of like, I want to invite you into the, to this uh, relationship. And that could just be as simple as like inviting somebody to a serving project, which is like low hanging fruits. Like you don't have to believe in Jesus. You know, we're not going to get weird around Mm -hmm. you. Just come serve the homeless. And pretty much everybody would be like, yeah, right. I'm down for that. Yeah. So that was a long answer. <laughs> no, but uh, yes, I wrestle with that a lot. Yeah, I grew up in a, I don't think it was as evangelical in that mm-hmm. way, but definitely like felt like your goal in life should be a, to be a missionary mm. in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to. Does that make me a bad Christian? Oh, right, and so right. just kind of like as I got older and just realizing like evangelism looks different for everybody and in every way. And again, like you're saying, sometimes it's just, it's mostly just about showing the love of Christ through yourself and through your actions and through your deeds and stuff like that. And just loving people who maybe other people don't love or That's loving right. people who everybody loves or, you know, whatever. But it, it is interesting how mm-hmm. the way we grew up sometimes can really um, infiltrate those kinds of things and make That's us right. scared and then have to, you know, as we get older, we wrestle with those things and stuff. But Yes. Yeah, it's definitely a great way to look at it and join people around the table. It's like we named the series that for totally. a reason. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. Yep. Yep. The idea that uh, I can invite pretty much anybody to the table. And that that's just a beautiful concept. You do not have to uh, adjust what you believe or your behaviors before you come to the table. Mm-hmm. Just come as you are. Yeah. And be with us. Yes. Like that's a beautiful picture that I can get behind. Absolutely. So y- you've mentioned already so far thoughts on evangelism, thoughts mm. on appetites. Mm. I'm sure there's so much more behind that. If you could have gone longer, let's say your sermon was 40 minutes instead of 20 something, would you have mm-hmm. included that? Would you have gone a completely different direction? What do you think you would have done? Yeah. yeah. Well, if they would finally let me do a two hour sermon, <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking for so long. Just give me one more hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, I definitely would have gone into both of those. Uh, Another thing (laughs) that I was just really fascinated by with the the reading this time is the the disciples (laughs) and how it's so easy to read the disciples and you're like, oh, they're not very smart. Oh my gosh, it's like my favorite (laughs) thing, honestly. (laughs) They just can't figure (laughs) it out. so dumb. And so they come to Jesus and they're like, you should eat something, man. And he's and he obviously to <laughs> us Snickers. <laughs> Snickers. Here's I know hungry why wait. Yeah. Uh, 
from our outside perspective, years and years, obviously, we read that and we're like, he's obviously talking about something spiritual here, but he says, I don't need food. I've got another food. And they're like, wait, did someone give him food? You know, and you, you read it, and you're just like, come on. That's not what he's talking about. Uh, this time around, I was just reading through that and just had sort of a healthy, not even a conviction, but just sort of make like laughing at myself of like, I, that is so me all the time. <laughs> like it's easy to read something thousands of years later and judge somebody, but it's like, I'm the disciple. Obviously, that's sort of the point of the writing. Uh, and I was thinking about like, so they keep going surface level over and over again in the New Testament, and Jesus keeps bringing them back. There's something deeper going on. There's something bigger. And so I I, I think I, I would have, if I had longer, I would have just talked about that a little bit of like, again, appetites. Uh, are, uh, we're not watching Netflix and binging it be, just because we want to watch a show. Like, that's a piece of it sometimes, sure. But typically, we're trying to address a deeper hurt a mm. deeper level of anxiety that we want to try to to numb or whatever mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I just feel like that's an easy takeaway for a lot of us is like how much of our life do we live on surface level and jesus mm. is saying like look underneath what's mm-hmm. happening and i was thinking recently just in the past week someone cut me off in traffic and i I did not behave well for a full-time pastor <laughs> Were your who children preaches in the car? to thousands of people sometimes. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's why I don't have a fish sticker on my car, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I lost my cool, and then I caught myself, and it was just one of those moments where it's like, man, you would think, in theory, a disciple of Jesus who's been discipling mm. after Jesus for however many years, uh, just 10 years, I'm, I'm 18 or 19. <laughs> I'm dumb. Uh, but uh, pretty much the majority of my life, I've been, and I preach about patience and love and, uh, you know, uh, living in, in the present with the spirit or whatever. And it's like one of those moments I'm living on the surface level where all I can think of is how that person is disrespectful, how they offended me, how they're mm. probably just the worst human alive. And uh, there's something deeper going on. Like, why can't I stop and say like, Maybe this is a chance for God to teach me patience if I can mm. stop. Or maybe this is a chance to learn empathy of like, maybe that person has somewhere desperate to go or, you know, whatever. So that was just a, just one of my like five examples every day of just like, I live on the surface, dude, just like the disciples. Have you ever been convicted in a podcast? Because I just was right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, when you said, I realized, I realized that actually I was the one that cut that person off <laughs> and then I was being defensive. Oh, that's good too. And it's, dude, yeah, exa- but that's a great point. It's like, how many times are we that person? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, you guys have heard this before. It's the, I think it's called cog- cognitive bias theory. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, when I cut somebody off, I'm biased towards it myself. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I happen to know right. I've got, I'm late for a meeting and it's super important. Yep. Yep. And I didn't mean to do that. I'm a loving, kind person. I just made a mistake. When someone else does it, they're like, they're the worst person like, they're that ever walked the face of the earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. They are a horrible person. <laughs> oh, this is good. Is this, is this is therapy, right? Yeah. Is that the name exactly. of this podcast? Yes. Well, I think that's what's been so cool. You know, this is the third one we've done. And. Mm-hmm. Each of you have said like, oh man, I wish I had so much more time. And, you know, so it is like, that's the whole point of this podcast really is to get to take that time that like, hey, you would have loved to 
spend two hours preaching on this and talking about the disciples, mm-hmm. which I would love to hear a sermon on the disciples because yes. it's like one of my favorite things in the Bible <laughs> is like thinking about how stupid they are, but you're totally right in reality. But yeah. yeah, so I think it's just been really cool to hear like a lot more about like what what is going through your mind as you're getting ready and what did you cut out and that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. this, I think this podcast has been really cool to get the opportunity to do that yeah. and hear from you guys in that way as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm yeah, loving so it. do you have any lingering thoughts um, yeah. about the message or the passage or anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one last thing specifically about the passage, um, and this is one of the things I love about scriptures. I've read this passage or uh, there's uh, other versions in the other New Testament uh, or other gospels about the harvest in the field, and I've read that hmm. so many times through my life. And the beautiful thing about scripture is just the layers. And there was another layer this time when I was reading through that. I just never, (laughs) I'm sure many people listening will be like, oh, duh. But I just never had really caught that when Jesus, you know, sort of gives this idea about the, he says, look at the fields and tells them to open their eyes and the harvest is ready uh, or ripe. Uh, You know, I always caught that. I knew that. But what I never caught is when he says this, they're in Samaria. They haven't left Mm. Samaria yet. Mm. And that, again, it just never never popped in my mind that he is specifically in what is almost enemy territory. Not quite, but very, uh, you know, the relationship was horrible. These were the outsiders. These are the people you can't imagine being around. And that happens to be where Jesus says, look out to the fields. And so that just made me think, like, how intentional that was on his part mm-hmm. of this this little revolution with uh, the Samaritan woman and how all these people started to believe. And he says, the field. And it's like, it just made me think, what is the area uh, of the country or in the world where I would least, like, the, the people group or the country that I just am like, oh, I'd hate to be there. Mm-hmm. That's where Jesus is standing. And he's wow. saying, look at this field. Uh, whatever political side you're on, it's it's the opposite political side. He's going to that part of the country mm. or whatever country right now that you just hate and think are horrible, he's there. Mm. And he's saying, look at these fields. It's ripe right here. Wow. Uh, where I'd rather him say like, man, it's ripe where everybody's just like you and they like the Chicago Bulls and, you know, so that- Over that, in Maui. Yeah, over in Maui. <laughs> Thank you for that good callback. Yeah, in Maui, look at these fields, they're ripe. So that that was just, man, um, a convicting again. It just, but it also just shows the the masterful uh, teaching of Jesus. He was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's like he knew what he was doing or yeah, something. Yeah, right, he saw the right. big picture. <laughs> it just seems so silly to say, oh, that guy's brilliant. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, that was that was it. Well, Adam, thanks so much, man. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a lot of fun sitting down with you. And again, we'd like to encourage everyone to make the most out of this Around the Table series. Uh, go back and listen to Adam's message, all of our previous messages, previous Menlo Midweek podcasts. And we have a bunch of resources available as well, like that Lent book like we mm-hmm. said earlier. And there's tons of devotional material, fun recipes, thoughtful questions for you and your community to answer together. And mm-hmm. if I'm feeling nudged, um, to try to ask some questions to those I wouldn't want to ask questions to because of this conversation. So Adam, thank you for that. But I also mm-hmm. hate you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
I feel like it's a good response. I think that's the whole point of a preacher, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, thank you, but I hate you. Yes, um, So I hope welcome. all of us hate you, Adam. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, thank you so much for your time. And it's always fun to sit down with you. For sure. No, thank you guys. I'll let you know when the tour is back in town and we'll try to do it again. Yeah. And we'll put the link to menlo.church slash Lent in the show notes. So check that out. All the things that Mark was talking about, it'll be right there for you. Well, thanks so much for listening, and our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to our Round the Table series. We have an awesome devotional for you to help you draw near to Jesus through scripture, prayer, and conversation with others, and we want to encourage you to check that out. We have hard copies available on all of our campuses, or you can download the PDF at menlo.church lent. There's also different activities you can do with your family, as well as recipes, and other ways that you can connect with each other and God in this season. And Jess and I here at the Online Church would love to connect with you this week. If you need prayer or encouragement, just text us. Text our online team at 650-600-0402. Or if you can't get one of the physical copies of our booklets, if you're out of the area, we'd love to mail you one. So reach out if you'd like one. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. And this was Menlo Midweek.